Yeah. Welcome back to the Comprehensive Beatdown. I'm Bloggy Bonilla. I'm Silent G. We've got a couple special guests uh, in the studio today. Studio. Like we are in the studio. Um, We'll get to that in just a minute. We just want to take this moment to remind you guys where you can find us. We are on Facebook, Comprehensive Beatdown. We are on Twitter, at Comp Beatdown. We are on Satchel Player. We're on DopeMediaNetwork.com. You can find us on iTunes. And um, you can find us on Key Beat Log sometimes when I put it up. Yeah. And uh, that's all I got. Good job, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, all right. So I think the next thing we can do is introduce our very special guest for today. Very special. Very special. Um, so why don't we start with the uh, lovely gentleman to your left. To my left. Uh, go ahead and uh, state your name and your, uh, and your business. Zodiac sign. Wade and my sign is Cancer. There we go. All right. <laughs> now to my left. To your left also. I like another that. Y- lovely young woman. And why don't you say who you are? Hi, I'm Catherine. And what is your business here? I'm your wife. Very good. <laughs> very good. Very good. All right, um, you passed. You passed. <laughs> All right, so uh, the reason we brought in reinforcements today is we are talking about the new Fish album called Big Boat. And I needed help. And yes, and you have a virtual cornucopia of notes next to you that uh, Bloggy Wade brought with him. Um, (laughs) So there's your virtual cornucopia. We got that out of the way. Literally is virtual. It exists in the clouds. Um, Yes, so we're going to do that today, and we thought it'd be fun to bring in... Uh, a couple of our friends and a couple lovers, experts on the um, uh, subject and fish experts. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I wouldn't go that far. No. I would. You would. Yeah. And I did. He's the expert on that side of the room. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, right now, this is our uh, the track we're listening to, and I forget the name of it. Trey, can you tell me the name of that song? Shout out to Trey. Think twice. Um, this is, and will you pronounce the name of the artist? Because I always screw it up. Takuya Takuya Kuroda. Tokuya Kuroda. Okay, yeah. Jazz artist. This song features Antibalis Afrobeat Orchestra on it. Um, Sweet. Last song on the album, I think. It is fantastic. What's the name of the album? Zigzagger. Zigzagger, yes. And it's really, you can find it everywhere, but fantastic jazz. Um, and then this really cool song. Yeah, he took it a, he took it a really cool direction, man. Um, you know, he's he been left, putting out really good albums. Yeah, he left Blue Note, and he's on I a new label. That. I can't remember the name of the label off the top of my head, but... Um, so I think it's probably allowed him a little bit of creative um, liberties with the uh, album. Because um, I, I don't know that this would be something Blue Note would want from him. Right. Um, not saying that Blue Note would put something out like this, but they'd probably want something more in the vein of what he's been doing. And, right. And, uh, but anyway, yes, uh, Japanese trumpeter, trumpeteer. My dumbass has been telling everybody he's on Blue Note still, so uh, he is not. I apologize. He's on Concord. Concord. I think I think that's the name of the label. Concord okay, cool. Records. Well, not Blue Note apparently. No. Um, more. All right. So I guess are you guys ready? Ready to do this? Oh yeah. Even I have notes today. That's how many notes what? there are in this room. Hold yeah. on. Let me make some notes real quick. Here's more notes than a Beethoven symphony in this motherfucker today. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Don't everybody laugh at once. <laughs> All right, Trey, kick it off for us, and shout out to uh, our friend Trey in the studio. Whoa. Heavy start to the album, I think. Heavy Trey guitars. So this is called, well, uh, Wade, you did a great job with the tracks last time. Sure, yeah, uh, track one, uh, it's called Friends. 
It's a Fishman yeah. song. Yeah, opening so. with a Fishman song is a ballsy move. Mike uh, Fishman is the drummer of the band, and he doesn't typically sing, but sings maybe one song a show or two. Like Ringo style. <laughs> yeah, he's the Ringo sort of. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think about this song? I think we've all listened to the album several times, except for Bologna. Uh, I was really bored with it. Really? Yeah. I, I, I'm. The note I made was that I'd probably skip it from here on out. Yeah. Just kind of go right into track two. I yeah. I, I don't like it that much. I like it if they're gonna put it on the album. I like it in this position to kind of get it over with. Yeah. It's a little uppy. Yep. But it, yeah, it's definitely not one. I think they played it live a few times this summer, and it wasn't. It's kind of a second set killer at some point. <laughs> yeah. Wow. A second set killer. <laughs> Actually, I'll talk about that a few times a day. Uh, one of the issues they've had with the songs they have been playing is finding where to put them. And they had a couple instances, this the shaky summer tour this year, that saw them playing some of these songs out of place, like in the second set, after like some raging second set stuff. You know, So I'll bring that up a couple times when you hear the songs. Catherine, what do you think? think about like you're saying the the way it's going to be adapted to live performances because i i don't really hear how it translates well to live performance at this point but that typically remains to be seen if you haven't seen them touring song before. right i think it'll be where they can jump a jam off of it but i think they just play pretty standard versions of it so far it's kind of considered a goofy song i think the first time they played it which makes sense but yeah, this is Fish's 13th studio album. Um, it's called Big Boat. Um, we'll talk more about this as we go, that you don't, Fish fans don't typically look to albums. This is the most in-depth I've ever looked at a Fish album before since we're doing it for podcasts. A lot of different things on the album, too. I mean, it's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is the drummer the one that wears, wears the, the dress? Henrietta, yes. Yeah. You've probably seen that. It's just a blue dress with like red. I'm seeing it right it's now. It's yeah. These have like three of these. This is the only one left standing. Gotta get some new ones. Gotta get some new ones. So I read um, a story about the production of the uh, album, and the producer is the producer of the previous album called Fuego. His name's Bob Ezrin. So I told her to me this sounds a lot like Fuego Part 2 a lot of times as I listen to the album. Um, but one thing that he did before they released this album is that he had everyone in the band learn 10 folk songs, how to play them, before they started to write songs for this album. So there's supposed to be a strong folk influence, but it doesn't come out in every single song. It certainly doesn't, yeah. They had to take, they each had to have an acoustic guitar and learn 10 classic folk songs and memorize them so they could just sit down and play them straight through. That was one of his pieces of homework. That's, uh, and like totally twist them up and like overproduce them and like yeah. auto tune the shit out of them. Except for the one track that is recorded on Paige's iPhone. We'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll I think one. That. Yeah, one of them sounds like it's definitely uh, recorded in like an airplane bathroom mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Know? Sweet. You can go on the next one there. Thank you. Track two, uh, breath and burning. Yeah, this is a. This one's been all over the place. Played it on I Fallon think. last yeah, night. Did yeah. you see that? I saw that. Cool. Yeah. Trey was so happy at his $800 Gucci shirt listening to Roots Warrens <laughs> play with him. Um, this is a song that is. Uh, it's grown on me. They played it a lot this summer tour. Yeah, it's a it's a happy song. I think it's a great. It actually plays great on this album because I think it works best as a second or third and a first set. Um, 
it has some really nice horns that are just it's nice. breezy. I think NPR called it Fish's Breezy New Track or something like that when they released the single. Um, I like it. It's kind of grown on me. This album version is actually really good, like you said, with the horns on it. I can see Breezy. Yeah, Breezy. He actually wrote this on the beach, um, I think right at the tail end of their Mexico weekend last year when they did the four uh, shows, or the three shows in Mexico. Yeah, so that's he's talking about sand and so there's a lot of nature in this album and I, I just read I know he wrote this on the beach I think he said watching this band like dance and or whatever um, look what happens you get dancing and he says that they're gonna rage with age that's a great line yeah it's corny as fuck but it's yeah. the corniest thing on the so, album that's what yeah. you want out of fish totally yeah. Ezra made it a little too serious in some ways because he asked him to get more personal and they don't write they write songs as left open to interpretation, um, and some of these are so straightforward. But I'm looking forward, and we're going to see him a couple times in a couple weeks. I'm looking forward to hearing this song because I haven't heard him play it yet. Um, I'm very much looking forward to what do you think? It's breezy. We're not going gently. Here it is. Page side, rage side. <laughs> so Paige, uh, well, you Paige is the, uh, the end player, the keyboard player for the band. Okay, so does he not rage often? Well, if the, the thing is, like, when you go to fish shows and any, like, kind of jam band shows, you kind of pick your area, and it's based on, like, the band member you're, like, in their section of, you know? Yeah, okay. So okay. it's called page side, rage side. Aha! Yeah. Okay. You've probably seen Catherine wearing a shirt before that says page side, rage side. So different bands have their different... Panic has School Zone. Um, Cheese has uh, Kyle's Corner and stuff like that. Yeah. I gotcha. It's a way to divide yourself if they have places supposed to unify you. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice, happy, kind of cheesy fish song. That's what we like. Yeah. Definitely has a place. Yeah. So the first night at Colorado, this summer, their Labor Day run, they played this killer, like, 15-minute No Men and No Man's Land, which is later on the album. It's probably the best song in the album. Um, and then they, that was second out the gate, and then they followed it with this. It was, like, a raging 15 minutes, No Men and No Man's Land. And it's just, like, this is still, like, a seven- or eight-minute version, I think. It's still just, like, chilled it out, like, a good mixtape, you know? Yeah. You don't want to blow your wad too early. Cool it down. Gotta cool it down, but not too much. Not too much. I <laughs> <laughs> actually like this song. Yeah. Um, the thing with Fish in this, what we call the 3.0 version, you know, since this is the, they had the original and then they split up, or they went on hiatus and then did a couple years and then broke up and came back, so it's like the third iteration of it. Um, a lot of their songs are way more accessible. People call it dad rock. Um, you know, because you compare this to like the songs on say Poise or something, a lot of those, not many people go, hey, I kind of like this. You know, you really have to like that to like, you know, a lot of those movie ass songs and shit. So I like the accessibility of some of these songs for sure. Are you going to the next one there, sir? Thank you so much. Hit us, Wade. Track three, uh, called Home. This is an interesting song. Page song. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know that I care to hear it live that much. It's not a bad song. I mean, I think the it's catchy, but I don't see a thing. It's got some nice, smooth vocals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I don't see me screaming this at the top of my lungs at a show or anything. Yeah. It, it kind of feels, again, it, it feels reminiscent of something else. It feels like part two of some, something. Yeah. yeah. It's a very simple song structure. But again, it's an accessible song. Like, it's not off I don't You know, like, maybe to bands, but your average listener might hear this and maybe dig it until someone told them it's fish and then got fucked into the folder now. This is kind of very standard. I don't like fish. Yeah. I wasn't nodding my head. I'm shaking. That's terrible. Disapproved. <laughs> Worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Thank you for your input. Yeah, this is not the strongest song in the album. This is one of the songs that when I hear it, I think of that it's an indication that fish is about to break up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is one of my arguments <laughs> in listening to this album. It talks a lot about going home. It does. It's a pretty constant theme. Well, Paige just wants to be left alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sick of the rage side. I want Paige side, lay down side. I just want to kick down. my feet up. Fuck all the rage. But there is talk that Trey said in an interview they're going to slow it down the next couple of years. I'm so. I mean, this is a little indicative of that. When the album first leaked and we all heard it, um, we didn't know that. And then when the album released, Trey's come out and said, you know, we're going to slow it down, like, try some different things. There's rumors of, like, all they're going to do next year is, like, a 13-night run in Madison Square Garden or yeah. something like that. So, you know, they need to live a little bit. Oh, no yeah. shit. Uh, that's what we said. I'm just, as long as they're still playing, that's I'd cool. rather them be doing that than not playing. They've now done over 1,600 shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, has there ever been, like, a fish cruise? Because this sounds like it could be played on, like, a fish cruise. No, last year was the first year they did the Mexico thing, which is the destination tourist I got you know. There is jam cruise, but they've never played on it. There literally is a cruise of like a jam band cruise. It's like ten days. Sweet. Yeah. Never been on that. Sign me up. Yeah. We can't get can't get uh, my wife <laughs> on a boat, I don't think. No? Mm-hmm. Things are scary. <laughs> They're floating down. Yeah. Even on a big old ship. We're not, we're not going to spend $5,000 to find out. <laughs> to give it a shot. Yeah, not going to give that one a try. You know, I, I did think that the way the song is about to, like, there's about to be a really abrupt part here. And the way that this song kind of finishes out, mm-hmm. it reminded me a little bit of uh, David Bowie. Okay. The, you know. Yeah. And I thought, man, they kind of, I think they would they would fit well together, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they like, what this would kind of seems like a natural lead-in, right? You'll see it to the song of, David Bowie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <coughs> kind of goes off the. Yeah, I forgot about this one. This does kind of freak out. Everybody freak out. Yeah. It's pretty standard up at this point. You want a beer? They could jump off into this in a show and like like jam this out and go into Bowie would be cool, um, or even like fizzle this out into a maze maybe. I would take that if they jammed this for like five or six minutes. Because I like this shit, but it is not part of the song. 
it's like you know, as as yeah, part of the track, it just kind of makes it feel unresolved. I think it's a track on the album. It's just kind of uh, yeah. Got some Queen sounding vocals there. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody ish. Is that good? It's, it kind of sounded buttheadish when Butthead does the. Uh, Tina, can you do Tina? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys watched any of the new season? We watch I, a couple that are the most recent on Netflix. Right? I, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I, like yeah. season eight, I think is the la- latest one on Netflix. We watched the Halloween really episode season. recently. Yeah. Let me just see how they like get off in this part of the song. You know, they play this. They have. I don't think I'm Go ahead and skip through some of this. Unless somebody, <laughs> unless there's somebody specifically said check out. Have they been playing a lot of the new songs recently? Yeah, um, I know they've played uh, the first one. Actually, the first two. I can't remember. I don't think they might. Have I meant to check that. And, yeah. And yeah, yeah, actually, every time they play something. What's the name of this song? This is Home. Home. Silogy always checks set list, and I never. I know they have been playing a lot yeah. of those. I kind of like to keep up with the tour. Could be something Especially on summer. Oh, this is kind of rocking right here, guys. This is really rocking. Trey, for fuck's sake, let's go to the next song. This one is judging on the crowd. <laughs> Trey's. Really? That kind of stuff happens at fish shows? Like that. So okay, be surprised. Yeah. So, right. on this to track four, uh, Blaze On. Love this song. Yeah, this is a great song. This fits right into the Pantheon, especially live. This is like feet. fish reggae. Yeah, I think it's got some Zydeco. I think of it when I read right. it on my notes. Yeah, they played a lot. They played this song a lot live, and it went over. The first night they played it was in Eugene at the Stars last year's summer tour, and the crowd was just in the palm of their hands for some reason already when they played this. And uh, people were like laughing and cheering along, which you hardly ever see when you do song. And this is just fit right in there. They played long, jammed out versions of this. They played tight ones, yeah. But this is a great song. They played this on the I don't know, Jared. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> no way, dude. They're talking about blazing a trail of creativity and love. Not what? that kind of blaze. <laughs> but also on that the album, against everything I've ever been told about page to play. You know, that's awesome for now. But this is great. This is a really fantastic fish. Yeah, you can't. You can't not kind of get up and move when yeah. you hear this song. You know? I dare you to try. You know, it, yeah, in fact, some of the notes that I wrote are, you know, in not a negative way at all, but 
This is like Fish's version of Cheeseburger in Paradise. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, nice. it's kind of like... I'm there, man. It's a crowd It's a very yeah. much a crowd yeah. You could totally clean the house to this on like a Sunday, just like jam, like turn the stuff yeah. out. You know. Here's Fish my favorite part of the song right here. Not in the past seven years. Love you, Trey. We didn't have fish for a few years. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about this song. It's so good live. The crowd already digs it. Um, It's probably one of the earliest new songs to really catch on years, probably. They don't just like play the shit out. This would probably go over like extremely well live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's great. Like in the middle of a first set, they open second sets with it. Like huge. Second set is typically a place where they do a bit. Opening of second set is typically a big jam vehicle. So not typically, but a lot of times your second set will open with a good 15 or 20 minute take on something. So they can do that with this song. They can also play a killer like five minutes set to like hype the background. You know? So they've already learned how to use the song. A lot of their songs and new songs, they just overplay until they beat you in the submission. Something like backwards down the number line, you know. Which is a great song, get a killer Trey solo. But like we left here in the second set of one out of every three shows. Yeah. Yeah, the new songs they really like to play. You feel like you get a lot. Fuego. Goddamn, I've heard that song so many times. It's cool though. Gotta listen to that album. Once or twice. I like that album. I bought it on vinyl at a used store and listened to it several times because of that. We went to so many shows that year when that album came out, so we heard them all. Yeah, I think we actually, I think we heard everything but one bad name, basically. But yeah, um, again, I never really listen to fish albums. I have, I buy them on vinyl if I see them cheap. Um, but that's it. Like I said, it's the most I've ever listened to one. Nice little dissolve there. Classic. Uh, is that you or the album? Way to go, album. <laughs> uh, track number five, Tide Turns. All right. This is a real, like, Motown swing. It is. Uh, ballad. Um, the horns really add horns that again. to it. The versions they played live, this is one of those songs that they couldn't figure out where to put it this, two, this summer. So it'd be a raging like two or three song run in the second set, and then they would play this. It's just a cool song, just not the right place to do it, you know. So they could never really figure out where to put it. It was kind of an issue for a few summer shows this year. I like the song. I like the album version. I love the horns, like you said, the Motown vibe. I wrote down that I hope one day I get to see Sharon Jones perform this with them because she's performed with them sometimes. Yep, that'd be really cool. She was the, one of the backup singers for when they did the Rolling Stones album at the festival in 09. And then they did that killer Susie Greenberg with the Daphne horns and Sharon still on stage. Yeah. A little bit of fish history for you there. I like it. Yeah, it's awesome. There's a video of it on YouTube. It's really badass. But yeah, not a, I like this song, but it, it just hasn't translated well live yet. Which is, this is a song that I like more on the album, doesn't happen too often. When the wolf is at your door, 
not shaking your head in disgust. <laughs> There's no need to hide your tears. If it's too much for you to bear. Is it too much? Too much to bear? <laughs> oh, he said that just for Boggy Vanilla. A little too much to bear. <laughs> I, I was reading the Pitchfork review real quick. Oh, yeah, they beat it up pretty good on Pitchfork. Yeah. 5.3, right? I hate those guys. <laughs> so very, very much. So very, very much. Some 21-year-old intern writing like he used to go to shows in the 90s or something. We don't want to hear your bullshit, Mr. 21-year-old intern. I don't know, I bet all the interns here are like 42. Really <laughs> Living their second lives. Now's the part of the show where like, up like a real estate agent just didn't work out. Yeah. What are you Googling over here? Nothing. Oh. You're supposed to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, nothing really stands out about this song. It's a fun Yeah, it's like, hey, let's try this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, where'd this come from? Um, it's nice. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. Yeah. A little overproduced, like the rest of the album, I would say. It sounds like something Jeff Tweedy would have written for Mavis Staples. That's a. Uh, wow. Wow. Good job. Yeah. That's amazing. Dude, that's a thing that's happened before. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's why we're relinquishing power of the podcast next week. Yeah, it's all over. <laughs> Boggy Wade and Silency next week. It's over for us. You guys can have it. It's been a good run, but yeah, you know. We're ready to move on to other stuff. I regret nothing. I want to do some solo work, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go out on my own. What's your solo show going to be? I don't know yet. I haven't thought that far. I just feel the urge to like really get myself out there. You know? Being part of a duo is cool, but I feel like no one knows who I am. Real so you're gonna be you're gonna be like the Paul Simon. I'm gonna be like the Garfunkel. Oh, I wanna be I'm Garfunkel. just gonna like withdraw into myself and make a couple albums. And nobody's gonna listen to them. Heavy all of we'll get back we'll get back together later and you know just some old stuff. Yeah, maybe we'll a couple new episodes, but mainly just old stuff. You mainly know? just old. Stuff. Yeah, don't need to get T-shirts made or anything. How just... many times can we times can we listen to these guys listen to the Vince Staples? <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, let's here's keep the it going. Song. Yeah, okay. Track okay. six. It's called Things People Do. People let's let it play for a second. Then we'll talk about the things that they'll do. You think you got them figured out, and they'll show you what you knew. At first, they may seem rational, but wait a month or two, because there's just no explaining the things people do. Okay, so if it sounds like it was recorded on an iPhone, it was recorded on an iPhone. Um, basically, it sounds like it was recorded on an iPhone in the tour bus bathroom. <laughs> yeah, um, very good. Um, in the shower in the tour yeah. bus bathroom. So what happened was this was the original demo that Paige recorded for this song, and uh, he put it on top of like his piano, I think, and had it sitting there, and they recorded several versions of this, like full fleshed out versions and no matter what they did they always felt that this song sounded best represented this way so that's how the song ended up yeah. and, they put it on an album. and they put it on here i think it's it's kind of cool um because that's not you know there's 
they're gonna play it live like this. It reminds me of like listening to old rock, not old rock albums, but rock albums I listened to like in the 90s when there would be some kind of break where they would do some like lo-fi kind of thing. Like it seems like Nirvana did that sometimes where it's like raging butch big produced drums and then something just like noisy and crazy would happen for 30 seconds or something. It kind of reminds me of that aesthetic in a way. Which means the versions of the song they recorded were probably really shitty if they decided to go with this one instead. I'll chime in real quick. (laughs) Yeah. So, um... I wanted to say this sounds really weird and out of place, but it doesn't really sound out of place to me. No? And maybe that's just because I don't know what to expect from a Fish album, but it kind of it kind of gets a little, like you said with the, the, the 90s rock mm-hmm. bands where there was always like a little... It gives you a little break. Yeah, yeah. it gives you a little break, and, and still it's... You know, it's appealing to the years. I mean, yeah. it's not a bad song. Really. Mm-hmm. You know, I think now like we're back on Sonic it. Youth albums. They'd like rage yes. for a 12-minute song, and then there'd be yes. like a little ditty or something for like 45 seconds. Garage, like sound yeah. like they're in the garage, just kind of hashing something out real quick. Right. And, yeah. All right, Wade. What we got? This is track seven. Waking up dead. It's this Fishman again, right? No, this is Mike. This is yeah. Um. This song has been played live a couple times. The fans seem to like this one a little bit. It's a good first set song. But I don't know. I haven't really formed much of an opinion on it. I know. My first impression was that this was you know, a little higher register than he was able to give. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, Mike tends to do that when he sings. Like, if you listen to him play like Mike's song in a show, he kind of... I don't want to hear it. Yeah, he strains his voice that way. I don't like this one. No. No, it's not. It's kind of whiny. Yeah, it's a little proggy for my taste. Mike's gone total, like, hipster and shit, you know, so it kind of makes sense. So now I really don't like it. Yeah, you would. But he's the bass player, so he's, um, the night that we watch a show over at the house, everyone's like, that bass player is awesome. It's like, well, just ignore his little tight leather jacket and spike hair. You'll be okay. Yeah, you don't want to be the hipster member of Fish. That's, yeah, that's, that's a, a weird dude. That's He's a strange, very thing. weird dude. That's a strange thing to be. Much yeah. Love. He's the only Fish member I've actually met in person because I served him food at the restaurant uh, that I worked at in Boulder. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. We had many a rock star. Or semi a rock star. Notable and not notable. Mm-hmm. Giant Panda Gorilla Dub Squad. It's an eight-member band that fit in one booth. That's what that's Bella one of the Fleck. awesome things Bella about. Fleck. That's one of the awesome things about. And you get a lot of people come there just to hang out. Yeah, you know, even people they they'll do shows in Denver, but they'll stay in Boulder. Mm-hmm. You know, they all love stuff Boulder. Like that. Play the Fox and then spend the night so they can come eat breakfast Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Serve Michael King at Garrett's cheese grits. Oh yeah, Michael King is eating my cheese grits, literally, not figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So I got to say, I need a side of grits for a fiddle player. I remember you saying that. That's right. <laughs> for a little Asian fiddle player. You will rage your face for like 20 minutes on that fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> and then do another 20 minute guitar solo on his little electric. <laughs> Kang's like 4'11. <laughs> Wade is hating today. Waiter the hater. 
<laughs> I like it. I'm going to allow it. Yeah, that's definitely should be his podcast name. Waiter the Hater. <laughs> Waiter the Hater. <laughs> and this week, from Waiter the Hater. That could be a little se- like segment you just recorded and sent it to us. Hey, Wade, what'd you think? No, sir, I didn't like it, sir. I didn't like it. Hey, 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 hey. Ah, uh, Wade liked that part. Yeah. I just don't really like the melody of this song too much. They, they play around with a lot of these, so it's like sometimes they're. Sometimes they're good, sometimes it's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty standard for a fish album. Yeah, this, this is not really my thing here. I didn't like that song at all. Ooh, hot take. I said it. I said hot it. Take. Track number eight, Running Out of Time. This is a little sad bastardy, isn't it? A flash yeah, this, this one actually is probably my favorite Another song. Nice. Album. It's a good song. It's pretty. It's a wonderful song. Like, Trey can write a ballad. I like it's sad bastard songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is... Some of my favorite Trey songs are sad bastard This is nice, songs. clean... Again, I must surrender all control. So I think I read that Trey has recently experienced a loss. His uh, sister uh, died of cancer not too long ago. So So missing you on here is about her directly. But I think that kind of comes through Mm -hmm. every every song, or most of the songs. I think she passed in the past year or so, I think. Breast cancer. Running out of time. I don't want bad things to happen. There are days when sunlight seems to lift me from my bed. And other times I face the light with eyelids full of So speaking of fish members and health conditions. Ooh, I like it. Segway. Transition. I do no work in nonprofit line. housing stuff, so I know this randomly, that one of John Fishman's kids was lead poisoned. They moved into an older house in, where, I guess, it, in Vermont, wherever they live now. And that house, like, built in, like, 1763. It's like, bought an old farmhouse. Yeah. Uh, I think part of the Constitution yeah. was right there. So one yeah. of their kids got an elevated blood blood level, so now they're big advocates for lead poisoning prevention. Nice. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to finagle stuff. our way into, like, getting to meet awesome. him and, like, getting him to come do work or something. Like, they do a lot of philanthropic work with their foundation. I think uh, on Fallon last night, I think he was wearing a Fishman Foundation hoodie because yeah. he wasn't wearing the dress. I think it said Fishman Foundation that's there cool. Poor Fishman. I hope his kid's okay. I'm sure he's okay. Yeah. I think so. You mentioned Tweety earlier. This kind of reminds me of a Wilco song. Really. It does. Yeah. My favorite writer of Sad Bastard songs. The king of the Sad Bastards. Yeah, my king. I know there's people that probably write sadder, more bastard songs than he does, but <laughs> Tweety's definitely more the bastardy. one. More bastardy. More bastard Main Damien Sad Bastard songs for sure. Him and Taylor held the brand. Oh. Taylor, he's ripped my heart out like 20 <laughs> times. <laughs> Since Taylor's not listening, the thing I love about Taylor is like, you'll be at a show, and he'll be yelling at you from stage, cracking up, calling you out, like telling jokes, and then sing right after that sing the saddest song you've ever heard about a dying racehorse in your it's all life. about pain you know what I'm saying I was like dude weren't we just like fucking around like this guy this guy heavy real quick <laughs> this guy heavy fast yeah like you might make Tom Waits look like fucking 
happy clown or something, man. <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a pretty song. I'll this take this really as a ballad, is. you know, instead of like waste or something. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Waste dissolved. All right, so that was running out of time. Track nine, No Men in No Man's Land. Funky. This is another big crowd favorite right up there with Blaze. I would say it's my favorite new live song. Yeah. This song, uh, wait, if you're interested, look up the, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, the first night of Colorado this summer. Um, 15 minute rager of this song right here. And this, again, it's kind of like Blaze on. The fans really dig this. They place it well. It kind of fits anywhere. You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a classic rock and roll. Cow funk fish stuff. They played this song. But this is cool. Like, if you don't like this. Looking at me? No, you were nodding your head. Okay, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm I'm the son of a hippie. So here's the thing about that. When my when I when I became came of age to go to the bars where my mother frequented in Colorado, you know there was a lot of jam bands and bands playing and stuff like that. So and, and she was always in a different kind of music. So you know I, I got introduced to a lot of you know rock and yeah. And, like you know this kind of stuff early so I mean I, I can I can easily go and enjoy myself at a show and, yeah you know go to like the, the folk festival of Lions you know and stuff like that Ooh, and enjoy nice. and all that so. what's yeah. your mom's favorite music um she's really into she really likes female vocalists um, I remember you guys went to Robert Plant yeah. yeah and she you know of course Led Zeppelin was her favorite group but, I mean, she's really into, like, a lot of... She likes a lot of female vocalists. She likes a lot of vocal stuff. Uh, she listens to a lot of KBCO in Colorado. Which is, you know, you get a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, you know, she likes Regina Spector a lot. She likes... Um, she loves Sharon Jones. Uh, Los Lobos is her favorite band to go see live. Ooh, yeah. I feel like I'm gonna be a lot like your mom in a couple and, of decades. And they know. And, and what's funny is, Los Lobos knows my mother and her friend because they go to every show in Colorado, and they always like shout them out on stage. Whoa. They've even they've run into them a couple of times. I think they've had breakfast with them before. What? They know. Yeah, they they know my mom. It's That's a funny. most amazing story right here. I like it. <laughs> she also stalked. Uh, Stalked uh, Elvis Costello one time, and you get to meet Elvis Costello. He's another one of her favorites. Interesting. Shout out to Bloggy's mom, Miss Bloggy. Is that how that works? <laughs> or Miss Bonilla. Miss Bonilla. <laughs> they let the song breathe a little bit on the album. Give it a little jam. Give it some legs. Give it some legs. Take it for a walk out back. So Bobby Weir always used to say. Like player songs and take them for a little stroll out there. <laughs> um, yeah, the horns are cool. You know, they haven't played it with the horns. Yeah. 
play the horns on the album? You know, I, I did not look it up. I'm not sure. Um, I don't, I'm not sure what they ended up doing. Probably. I'm going to look it up because I don't have a whole lot to say. So. I think you're doing really good. You're doing better than I thought you were. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, I think that every week. What's this, episode 73? <laughs> I thought that 73 times. He's a little bit better than last week, which isn't saying much. Yeah, not saying much, better. but we're baby steps. Baby steps. 73 baby steps. So, who usually pick the album when you guys do shows? It's usually pretty discussed. Like, we, uh... Usually we talk a couple days before and see what's come out. Sometimes it's planned, so we know, like, oh, for sure we're going to do... I mean, we have an idea album. of albums yeah. coming out. Like, when Danny Brown, you know... We right, know Danny Brown, Kendrick Lamar, anybody with the name ASAP, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> we'll always do that stuff. Um, and then... I couldn't I get into that Danny Brown album. Oh, really? I, yeah, I tried to listen to it, like, a few times. It was just a little too, like, ah. Yeah. Um, everybody I've talked to that has had not listened to him before really dug the album. Um, but I can get that. Like, we said a lot on the podcast. All right, this, this is, is track 10, uh, Miss You. This is a song about his sister. I think yeah, this, is a, yeah. this is a pretty song. It's a pretty song. Yeah, it's a good yeah. Classic ballad with a little nice solo mm-hmm. Um, But yeah... Over half the time, we probably know exactly what we're going to do. And then sometimes it's kind of whittling it down the week before. Right now, we have one in our back pocket, which we've never done before. So I'll have the Apollo uh, Brown Sky Zoo album in our back pocket. We'll probably be doing next week. But yeah. This one, though, I just I think I just said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did the fish my uh, podcasting friend was kind enough to let us do it. Have you guys ever gotten in a fight about what you want to cover? <laughs> well, the, there was that one time when he broke my ribs because yeah. he didn't want to do what I wanted. Yeah. You remember that? You, you remember that happening? Oh. And there was four other times I kicked the shit out of him. So, <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You remember those probably. <laughs> I think that's probably one of the things. I mean, we're pretty open, like with it, like with this. I mean, we're both pretty like, you know, if you want to do something, if either one of us wanted to do something special, yeah, or different or whatever, kind of. Kind of cool just listen to so many albums, new albums every week. It's just kind of like shit, whatever at this point. We Our uh, the podcast is real open format. You know, you never really know what you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah you never know what you're gonna get. The way we like it. It is. No pressure on us at all. Yeah, I don't have to think about it. I just say, oh, it's Tuesday. Time to do the podcast. Let's record something. We're just happy to do it, you know. Yeah. But I forced this one. It cost me two broken ribs when you guys are here. I regret nothing. <laughs> I have turf toe now. I have to sit the next six weeks out. <laughs> I have to sit the next week six weeks of kickball out. Ooh. I can't podcast. Speaking of, we got our butts kicked last night. Oh, um yeah, we played a team that I think they had moved down from the, the competitive kickball division. And, um, yeah, they kicked our ass. Those are the worst. There's nothing yeah. lamer than an adult kickball racer. Right. Well, here's the thing. Like, there was one point when the guy on the other team talked trash to our kicker. Or, I mean, our pitcher. Our pitcher. Our pitcher. <laughs> and, I, and I looked across and I was just like, really? Yeah. You're playing adult kickball on a Monday. On a Monday, like I was dumbfounded. I was befuddled. 
be fuddled. Um, wow. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds like... You get those every now and then. I mean, there are definitely a couple in our league that are... Yeah, I just don't get that. Way too serious. Why? Like, what's the point? Like, people that'll cheat? Like, really? Yeah. In kickball? That's the... the, With adults. Yeah. On a Monday. On a Monday. Do you know what kind of bad karma you get for that? That's like the worst karma you can get. Well, not the worst, but it's like one of the worst karmas you can get. I mean, you're already playing kickball. Anyway, though, I have a lot of fun playing, so... And my team is pretty cool. I don't know Yeah, you're on a cool team. Most I know, of the like, teams are cool. I know a couple people yeah, got my team, but, yeah. They asked Catherine to be a ringer last night, but she had to study for one of the teams. That team would have won big time with Catherine. Yeah, we won... We won our game last Did you? night. Way to go. Good job. 11. Wow, we got beat 16 to 4. Dude. <laughs> Well, and my my whole thing is is well, I'll get off my soapbox in a second, but um, I played baseball growing competitively growing up, mm-hmm. you know, until That's I right. couldn't anymore, and then I played softball competitively for several years. So really? I know the rules yeah. like about running bases and things You're like that. But the guys, people on my team, it's like they just run until somebody's out on them. Oh, like, yeah, I've seen so that. So there's a couple times last time where I got yeah. frustrated, and Don, I think Don could tell that I was getting frustrated because like. Someone ran right up the back of me at third base. Yeah. You know, it's not cool. Yeah, I've seen a kid go to the shortstop, and there's just one runner on second, and just seeing that guy try to haul ass to yeah, yeah. when the shortstop has the ball. And the you know? shortstop just went. It's like, guys, there are literally like four pieces of baseball theory you need to learn, and, and that is one, one of them. Yeah. You never make an out at third base. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I mean, just, just right. silly. Never make your first or last out at home. Yeah. But yeah, and... But or just if there's no one on first, stay your ass on second unless it goes. And, and in kickball, you wait till they throw it to first, and then you, you run your ass off to third. And you're safe. Yeah. But I've seen double ten. plays happen because yeah. numb nuts take Paul's ass off the second. I was just uh, I don't know. I know. But it, but I have a lot of fun and I need something to get out. Of, you know. Yeah, it's fun. You remember when we seen my brother Jess and his wife play in Memphis? Yeah. And they tried like we were talking too much shit. Stands. <laughs> <laughs> Jess is like, guys, you've got really got to calm down. <laughs> now, I can there understand. may have been some drinking. Ahead. I can there understand a, a little bit. Like when I play basketball, I talk trash, and it's oh, I that's, mean, I, to dude, this day, I'm 70 percent psychological. To this day, that's the way it is. You know, and I mean, I've, I've in bike polo, the heckling is expected. Okay, can see, I can do that. I can see yeah. that. It's like, dude, get yeah. louder. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing in basketball is to make a shot, and the guy guarding me was to walk back down the court and say, "Did that go in? I didn't see. Did that go in? Do you know what the score is now?" Just My, little shit like that'll make up for you not being a very good basketball. Player. Yeah, before you know, before I moved, before I moved back to Mississippi, I played I played like three nights a week competitively in a league, uh, and um, you know, I'm normally pretty quiet and everything, like outside of fast outside of this. But like, as soon as we started playing, it's like this, this like switch. And I would talk. I would talk the most obscene amounts of stuff, like trash, and just like you know, leave leave my, you know, leave my shooting hand up, you know, walk back up the court later. (laughs) I'm playing defense like this. There was there was a game where we were were winning by like 30, 30, 35 points, and I'm like still shooting three pointers and making them, and 
one guy comes up to me and he's like, really, man? Really? I was like, well, I'm trying to score 50 points. Yeah, man, I'm hot. I'm going <laughs> to take a fucking shot. Adding my stats. Adding my stats, man. You guys suck. I don't know if there's any better feeling in the world than taking the ball up the midcourt, slamming it on the court, and slowly rolling it to the player. <laughs> that is the most, like, bitch-ass move you can do in the world, and I have it perfected. I love that shit. Okay, here we go. Track 11. I always wanted it this way. All right, this is a controversial song. Really? Controversial? Yeah, yeah. this is a... This is their Talking Heads right. uh, prog rock shit. This has got a real upbeat 80s synth yeah. intro. I already it. hate it. A real retro vibe. It's a little bit whiny. You're not going to like it. <laughs> See, I'm not a big Talking Heads fan. Ooh, really? Oh, um, what? That's unfortunate. I mean, what is... <laughs> you don't like Remain um, in Light? You haven't heard Remain in Light? No, I'm saying shit. It's not even, and it's barely Talking Heads-ish. It's a little, yeah, I don't like this song. I mean, I appreciate where they belong in like history, and, like rock and roll history and stuff like that, but David Byrne can eat a bag, you know? Just and and insert whatever you want, together. you know? Insert a bag of rocks. You know? Poo-poo. I um, like David. I wish he'd get the band back together. It's obviously his fault. He's one of those creative people that I enjoy, but I would never want to meet him. Personally. No, never. No. I paid top dollar to see him play live, but I would not want to meet him. Actually, I had the chance to meet him one night. Uh, Belvin was over by a tour bus. He's like, Did they... you meet him at Square Books? No. Oh. Um, he, uh, Kenny, like, had a room to come meet. David Byrne. I was like, right around the corner in New Orleans, like right around the corner from Pipitinas. I was like, nah, I think I'm all right, man. I'm going to meet David well, Byrne. <laughs> funny, funny story. You know, he did, him and uh, Niles Rogers performed at the Roots Picnic last couple weeks ago yeah. or something. My friend got invited to perform basically to open up one of the days. And he basically just ended up hanging out and performing with like the Roots and other bands like throughout yeah. the whole weekend or the whole three days and actually was on stage performing with David Byrne and Niles Rogers at the same time. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, still, I hate that guy. Yeah. I just love those Talking Heads albums so much. Yeah. So good. You were talking about David Byrne in Oxford. Yeah. Um, A young lady named after a celestial Uh thing. Uh, She went and got my Remain in Life by Talking Heads. Which she didn't want to do, right? No, she was going her, herself. I just yeah. had to work. She was going to get but her books But didn't book he? Signed. He was oh, no. signing books, but he didn't want to sign albums. He did not want to sign albums. Yeah. And luckily, our friend was very good looking and yes. was able to get him to sign. <laughs> so the inner sleeve of my Remain in Light album signed. Um, hanging up in your room. Was hanging up in my room. Oh, denied. Was hanging up in my room. I he told you I don't like Talking Heads. Up. Talking Heads is one of my all-time faves. Love that shit. Bernie, where else? It's good well, enough you, for Bernie. It's good enough you for can, me. You can put it back when I'm out. Is that one down, really? Because the fish, <laughs> the, one of the fish posters is still up. No, it's I was not. like, dude, you should take that down. <laughs> no, I have uh, touched nothing in there aesthetically. Nice. I don't think. You haven't messed with my dorm room, dorm room decor. Unless, like, sleeping or something, I slam my head or hand against the wall or something. I can't be responsible for that. Yeah, I can't be. Hopefully it doesn't fuck up my beer goggles, but it's true. My dorm room design <laughs> staying intact. Your Van Gogh pieces. Right. My uh, Einstein poster. It's time out. Yeah. Oh, Talking about he doesn't like more. I still do. It's hanging up in my office. <laughs> Did I tell you about that? 
um, one of the a teacher walked by this uh, um, woman, and she was like, "Oh, I love your poster." And I was like, "I've heard that since freshman year of college. That's why I bought this poster." It's so it still works. Poster. 19 years later, that poster still works. <laughs> still a chick magnet. Oh yeah. Okay, I don't hate this song as much anymore. Albert Einstein. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, this has... It's, it's growing on me weirdly. Yeah, it really has no place in the world. But I'm, again, like it you said earlier, I'm glad album. they did it. No, I think they, it has a place on a John Hughes movie soundtrack. <laughs> oh my God. If they made, totally. six, if they made 16 Candles... It, has, remake, it has a place. Be, the yeah. credits. Yeah. yeah. No more Yankee, my Winky. And then this place. <laughs> its place was 20 years ago. What's your last name? And it really doesn't fit the album at all. No, not at all. Not like, at all. just the iPhone song makes more sense than Absolutely. Life in slow motion. Okay, this is track 12. Uh, more. I'm going nowhere. It's big. Been standing here all day. Arena rock anthem. I had a notion. Okay. Getting their Bon Jovi on. My note is that it would be a great set closer. Set That's closer. Water, just yeah. like. Yeah, because it gets yeah. But they didn't close the album with it. No, they should have. They probably should have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put this into a twee prize to close the second set. It'd be pretty fucking awesome. The last song on the album, which is next, I have an entire page of notes on. Oh. Really nerdy notes. I'm not gonna read them. All. No, 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 no. Sweet. That song is 13 fucking minutes long. You're reading every one of those notes. Oh yeah, you got to read all of them notes. I'm gonna read notes from like a history class. I took seven years ago that's how long that's i'm gonna read notes off my phone nice yeah, you so. i'm gonna read notes c major d minor huh? see what i did there yeah. i do like this part everybody this in the air Do they do that? Do you get encore? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like 99% of the time it's two sets. Yeah, encore sets. The uh, out, encore can be great. Uh, always one, very seldomly more than two. But then, like, Colorado last year, the third night, they did that whole mini set spelled out thank you. So you're lucky to get something like that. I like two songs. I like... Like Sleeping Monkey, something a little slow, and then into Character Zero or something. Character Zero is overplayed for such a good one. But yeah, I think you're right, this would be a good second set closer. Thank you. Or first set closer, especially. First set closer, yeah. yeah. As long as the crowd embraces it. They, I, they'll play set closer sometimes if the crowd have not fully embraced, and that can be a little annoying, you know? Because you want the new set. <laughs> One, three, two, five, bro. <laughs> that's that's the call for you know, next to last song on the album. There must be something more than this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's very literal interpretation. Right. Yeah. Literally. Literally. I like this. 
really shines on this album. He was, uh, so you watched The Breath and Burning from Fallon. Mm-hmm. Abe was like up, like nailing the keys and shit, man. That was good stuff. So my favorite thing about fish shows at all is when fish, or uh, when Angel gets up from his keyboards and like grabs a microphone and wanders around the stage, which he does for like two songs maybe. Long boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I get so Freaks out. He plays it like a lounge singer. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Chairman of the boards gets to come out behind the board. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, this is good. I hope I don't see them on the Should have totally ended the album. Well, I do like the last song, but there was really nowhere else to put it. You know, would you have, so would you have put the last song further up in the album, do you think? Yeah, like I think we're halfway through. Yeah, might as well put it somewhere around there. That one's weird enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so here we go. The magnum opus. Petrichor. Is that how you pronounce it? Catherine did the research. No idea. I had to Google it. She did her internet. And then I went down a weird and nerdy wormhole. Uh, She got woke, as they say. But I think I know what it means. What do you think it means? It's something about something about rainfall, like the after, like the smell after rainfall, the exactly earth, and everything. It. Yeah. Uh, so check his Google history. I think he just Googled that. <laughs> he saw my notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just threw something. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on my it, it was my phone. Yeah. Hold on, I, I mean, go get it. Controversy. <laughs> Honestly, you know. We're shutting down the studio. I'm like, this song. I don't. I would have left this song off this album completely because. Mm-hmm. It's like one of these, I mean, I love the song, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I mean, it's a really fun, like old school, like full composition, or- orchestral composition. It was originally an orchestral composition that they adapted to this. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. So you're right in hearing it that way. Here's my thing. I think the reason they put it on the album, do you remember that song they did called Time Turns Elastic, which was kind of like this, but it was written for an orchestra? They played it some in 09 when they first came back, and it was awful. Like, they would close a first set with it. It's, like, just way too big and sweeping and not very good. I think he wanted to, and they quit playing it, because you could tell Trey loved it. Like, Trey was so proud of that song. But the fans, just no one would react to it, so he had to quit playing. So I think that they left this on, so I'm hoping that they don't play it a lot. I'm hoping that it's on the album, so they don't play it a lot. Because it's a great song, but it's a little too overly dad rock composed for the live setting. Because I think of, you it's know, like, you enjoy myself. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think about, like, the composed songs I really like, like uh, Divided Sky, Split Open and Melt, You Enjoy Myself. Like, those kind of songs yeah. with really cool, and Lizards with really cool composed parts. Yep. Yep. I love that, but... I'm probably gonna feel the same way about this live that I did. Time turns elastic. And I yeah. think he's got his. I think he put this out on the album a little bit with his tails tucked, his tail tucked between his legs, just a little bit. You know, not just. It's a fantastic composition. They haven't written a composition like this in a while, actually. Like some I just see this against like some of the others, like pull those together in their own yeah. album. But yeah, this I think this song, I'm sure they put a shitload of work into it. You're right, the last song should have been to the album, probably. But I would have been okay with this, like around track six or seven. Just like move it up a little bit, you know? But I guess they felt they had in with this one. I don't know why. Do you think that was because of the song length? Probably. Um, I don't know. I don't, I mean, because 
Everything else in the album's placed well. Even the songs yeah. I don't really like, I think are placed well. Yeah, Traditionally for a rock album, though, like the something like this is generally the last song on the album. Uh-huh. Just from what I, what I what I remember, you know, what I what I know of rock albums. It's not like a jazz album where you can kind of just kind of throw a 13 or 14 minute right. song. Kind of, it's kind of weird to have. Just in my in my my, my not so professional opinion, right? Um, it, it's kind of weird to have a, a a song that long in the middle of an album. Because right. of the LP yeah. aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, it just I guess I guess well, it would just, work around six or seven, you know, five or six or seven somewhere there. But you're right. You Side with it. Yeah. But yeah. it just just in the just in the timing timing of it, it just. And that last song was a little bit more anthemic, but this one is just so epic. And I think they felt like they had it. But if, they, if I hear him play this live, I'm happy. I'll listen to it. But I don't know. It's a good attempt at another big composed song. They haven't really tried that much recently, I guess. But Trey really loves the um, writing the orchestra pieces now. He's written a couple. There's that one about motorcycles called Hands on a Hard Body. I think he won a Tony for that, maybe. Yeah. Um, had a friend that went to see one of the ones where he like leads the symphony, like with his guitar. So they'll play some of his compositions, but they'll also do like interpretations of fish songs. You know? Is uh, Trey trying to EGOT? What's that? You know, like uh, Tracy Jordan does. Oh. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think he's trying to EGOT. I like it. Yeah. We talked about this before we started recording. Recording Trey could have just been a classical composer. Like that's what he wanted to do, you know. Um, and he was just a stinky hippie when he got to be one of the best guitar players in the world. That's what we're left with now. You know? but I think that's why they're gonna chill out because he wants to do other stuff. You know? So he's a stinky hippie guitar player. Not anymore. Yeah, he was rocking yeah. an $800 Gucci shirt on Fallon last night. So he, the internet is a He's rich. He is rich. I'm never eating there. I'm rich. You don't think I know fake Gucci when I see it? I'm rich. <laughs> I wish it would come out that that shirt was fake. Like he was rocking a fake Gucci shirt. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. Because if his shirt was 800 bucks, I bet his shoes were at least like $2,000. Some nights on tour, he'll come out rocking like killer SBs and stuff. Yeah, he has great Nike wear for sure. Yeah, he's probably got like three stylists, like daily shows and weekend. You know, probably special event stylist, right? Special event. Trade. Look, I'm gonna be on Fallon. Oh, we know how to dress you for Fallon. Yeah, check this out. So should I provide some filler about the word petrichor? Please. Yes. <laughs> Yay. So I Googled it because I had never seen that word either. Right. I didn't talk to Bloggy Vanilla. I'll tell you why I know about that here in a minute. Cool. Because he's the smartest man in the world. I am not. Yes, you are. You want to fight about it? <laughs> Your first fight. Yeah, have it out. <laughs> so the word petrichor was created... 
perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You're exactly right. This it is was very invented fluffy. by scientist Joy Bear and Richard Thomas from Australia's Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization, also known as CSIRO, another acronym. Cool. So Love they acronyms. did research on the phenomenon of this smell that you smell after rain mm-hmm. in 1964 and discovered that oils are released from rock and soil when they get wet and that's what produces the smell. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like <laughs> and further research has shown this is probably to alert animals in arid climates to return to their watering holes. Wow. When it starts Damn. to rain. So when you hear the lyrics of Trey talking about the rain coming down and then going on his way back home, way back home. he's using, wow. some, using some animal imagery, which we talked about. And it also reiterates my theme that they're about to break up because he's going to go back home. Back home to tour. Yeah. Okay. Tell them about the Wi-Fi. Okay. So a couple more nerdy facts. This is awesome. Okay. Two things. I'm sure Blog already knows about this. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, knows about this. So the etymology of the word is from Petra, which is Greek for stone, and Ikor from the Greek mythology, blood of the gods. So it's like blood from a stone. Okay. And then Cyro also invented the first wireless local area network in 1992. So wow. The same research entity created Wi-Fi. And what? And tell and. Them. Because the Australian government sued U.S. companies for the patent control of that technology, they still are paying out the settlement. So when you pay your Wi-Fi bill, you are paying money to the Australian government. My wife is wicked smart. I googled stuff. Hey, brain blown. Isn't that awesome? And, and I want to move to Australia. So we're eventually, literally I'm paying Australia with every time we do shit. That's great. Listeners are paying them right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Boom. Born on account. It's going crazy. So here's why I know what it is. Okay, cool. I've been waiting right. for this. So <laughs> let's do it. Uh, when I was living in, in California, there was a uh, like a furniture store in the mall that had the best um, soy candle I'd ever found in my life. The soy best soy yeah. candle, and it smelled. It was. Uh, you don't called, mean the only soy candle? No, no, no. The best. It was. It was. Um, it was. Uh, it was called bamboo, but it was like this really nice. It was the best smell I'd ever smelled in a candle, right? Uh-huh. So they stopped making it. So I got really sad, you know. I bought up. I bought up all the ones I could find, and they were freaking expensive, man. And then so. On a whim, I stopped back in there one day just to see if they had started producing producing it again. Uh, they didn't, but they had one called Petra. Ah, and um, nice. it smelled like you know, it smelled like it smells right after it rains. Yeah, the and candle was, smelled that way. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. amazing. And it was my second favorite candle ever. And they stopped <laughs> making and they stopped making it too. And I've known you for years, and I didn't know you had like. A hierarchy of candles. That's awesome. <laughs> that should be the next little bit. For poets album. That, that's it because be. that's because of my mother. Of my mom. My mom makes her own candles and things like that. She is like a on the office. That's a new category for the top five desert island list. Yeah, that we were talking yeah. about. You know? Yeah, my five candles. My top five yeah. candles. So, five so candles. my Minor desert birthday votive. 
Um, and whatever. My desert, <laughs> my desert <laughs> island. And, 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 and three other types of candles. I right, sorry, wait, wait. Perfect go. segue. Um, sort of post way off post the haste. album. Um, so I've been wondering, like, you know, you and I talked previously yeah. about like this sort of desert island like list, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and so perfect yours, theme. The album actually fits that theme. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to talk about yours in a minute. So, so okay. So, imagine your desert island top five. Mm-hmm. Top five sneakers. Okay. Ooh. So, do I have to say them now? Yes. I can't. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, then I'm going to yeah. scorn you about what you leave off of. I know. Uh, <laughs> um, we had talked about this before, and because uh, Bloggy told me that you came up with this idea, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I could do it off the top of my head here. Remember what I said my answer would be? Um, I don't wear sneakers in the sand, yeah. so I, I wouldn't have to do it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I go barefoot in the sand. I'll accept that. <laughs> Trick question. I'll accept Trick that. question, Lemmy is God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that we had talked about doing that for a, an episode, right? Like yeah, yeah, having yeah. weight on and Stew making... Stew on it. Stew on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I was going to we'll, say... We'll get back to that. Your making, top five is going to be candles. Yeah, because I did not know that about you. I'm about to go on intensive research. I'm going to learn everything about aromatic candles, so I can flip the script on you. All right, like I'm going to shame you for not liking the Jordan Four candle or whatever. (laughs) The Jordan Four of candles. Dude, that is the Jordan 2 of candles. No one has that in their top five. Give me a fucking Yankee Candle Company is the Jordan 13s of candle. (laughs) Yankee Candle Company. Remember when we were at the mall that time and my brother Jess said, uh, where's the confederate? He went in there and said, where's the confederate candle company? And he was like, I'll just check down south, downstairs. <laughs> that's, that, that's really funny. Um, but yeah, wait, we, we want to do that and do like, uh, like make you, like you make us like list out things, you know? Because I think that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, we'll come back to it. Because I got my candles. Birthday, votive, and three other kinds of candles. That's my top five. <laughs> <laughs> That's really stupid. <laughs> We're getting stupid now. The keystones are almost gone. Oh, album's almost over. kick in that outro song there um we're gonna let wade talk about this because when wade's on we let wade pick yes. the outro song you'll know what this is it's the second one you sent me that day so this this uh you know you're gonna love this obviously because <laughs> of things that we've already talked about so this is a nice mashup this is from my uh my favorite jam this is on freeze mcgee I think the the name of this mashup is Life After Exodus. I think that's what it is, yeah. And so, okay, so what you need to understand, you're going to recognize the song immediately. What do you think? Right? I mean, okay, so we're we're talking Bob Marley, Exodus. Yeah. So, Humphreys McGee, like, for the last, like, four or five years have been, like, really seriously doing mashups. Like, like, they have, like whole mashup album every year at Halloween their mashup show is like classic and they you know they put together like a ridiculous like show 
And this year's show is in St. Louis, I think, at the pageant um, on Halloween. And uh, so they do it with, like, full-out, like, mashup costumes and everything. Okay. So this is a mashup that I just stumbled across randomly, like, last week. That's um, it's a little David Byrne, because I know how you love, you know, talking heads. Yeah, this works perfect. Uh, <laughs> a little mashup of uh, a little talking heads with some uh, Bob I dig Marley. It. Yeah. They put something else in there too, right? Isn't there another song in there at some point? I don't remember. I listened to it when you sent it to me. Well, this is our big thank you to Wade for coming to hang out with us today. Wade rules. Wade rules. Catherine, you thank did you, a fantastic Wade. job today. Yeah, you... Uh, Thank you, Catherine. I really saved you guys in that 13 minutes on the... You did. You did. The Wi-Fi thing is so hard. It's amazing. It's going to blow the rest of our listeners. Well, a couple of our listeners are here, so we've got like... Yeah, nobody's listening to this. We're we're all listening to it on headphones right now. Um, Listeners, thank you for listening and being in the same goddamn room that we're in right now. We appreciate appreciate you. We couldn't do what we do without you. No, straight up, though... Shout out to Brian. Brian always listens. And the Street Brothers always listen. Fred and Bud. Um, you check them out on the Craft Brew YouTube. Mississippi Craft Brew YouTube thing. I forget. But you, you Google that. You'll find them. Thanks, they guys. They always listen. Thank you, guys. Whoa. All right. So thanks to our guests for being here. <laughs> Um, as we mentioned earlier, just find us everywhere on the internet. Comprehensive Beatdown. Everywhere. Uh, DopeMediaNetwork.com. Beatdown at Twitter. SatchelPlayer.com. And that's pretty much it. You know where to find us if you've made it this long. Uh, shout out to our friend Trey for having us in the studio today. Um, that's why we sound so good. And shout out to our guest, Bloggy Wade and Silent C, who will be taking over <laughs> the podcast next week. That's it. Uh <laughs> This is uh, Silent G and Bloggy Vanilla signing out forever, I think. <laughs> this is it. Bye, guys. I'm going to go solo. Bloggy Vanilla is going to kind of like waver gonna, into obscurity. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to become re- a recluse. You're going to just see me wandering down the streets. He's going to get caught up in a uh, performance enhancing drug podcast scandal. <laughs> a podcast enhancing drug. He's been I'm doing gonna, steroids. I'm going to sell whole it time. to Token Talk. PPED. Oh, yeah, you're going to start hooking up. Yeah, you're going to be in, like, some shady locker room hooking up Token Talk with, like, PEDs. <laughs> hey, no, none of that locker room talk. None of that locker room Pod, talk. Podcast enhancing. Shut it down. Shut it, shut it down. Yeah, so um, I guess that's it. Do you guys, our guests, have anything else to say? Any last parting words? Catherine? Any more notes, Wade? No. That's it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. This was fun. We had a really good time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, we'll fight over our next album, and whoever comes out less bloodied, we'll pick the Wins. album for next week. All yeah. right. Awesome. Yay. Yay. So uh, I guess that's it. Um, tell them who you are. Catherine. Tell them who you are. Wade. I'm Silent G. And I'm Bloggy Bonilla. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.